What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. And my guest today, he's an old friend, former teammate, Kevin Arnett. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, Shane. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. It has been really cool to kind of reignite our friendship and, uh, you know, kind of catch up. We, we spent about an hour and over an hour and a half talking uh, the other day and just catching up on life and, and chatting. And um, it was it's really been cool to kind of regain that friendship and, and that relationship. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. It was, uh, it was a good conversation. Yeah, and it makes me really excited to, to chat with you today. Um, Kevin, I have got a few things down, but help me. So let, I guess let me first say we met uh, when we were both in high school. We were uh, teammates on the wrestling team. Yep, I, was, I think I was a senior. You were a freshman. I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, yeah. You have gone on to do a lot of really cool and, and um, really fun and, and things that you're passionate about, and I think that that's really cool. Uh, you have four daughters, is that correct? Yeah, I have four daughters, uh, ages three, four, six, and 12. Nice, nice. And your, your wife and you together? Yep, my wife and I, we've been together for about eight years. Eight years. That's awesome. That's awesome. Got some sage advice, I'm sure, for me. Uh, just <laughs> over a year here of marriage for myself. But my wife and I have been together. We just had, like, you know, Facebook always reminds you of things. And yeah. It's been, like, just over five years of us, like, being together, like, knowing each other, basically. So. Nice, nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so A place called Camp David. The presidential retreat in Thurmont, Maryland. Nice. Uh, it's about a half an hour to hour drive north of Washington D.C. Nice. Nice. And uh, I was there for two years, and then uh, the next two years, I got stationed in Gulfport, Mississippi, with the Seabees. Nice. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you had the opportunity to meet uh, George W. Bush and Barbara Bush at one point in time. Yes, uh, so it was actually uh, Laura. Is it Laura Bush? Was yeah, Laura, Laura Bush. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, being at Camp David, I got to see George Bush uh, several times. Um, I'm just going to guess thirty times. Um, wow, cool! And uh, got to watch him fly in on HMX one helicopter, uh, land, get on the golf cart. I actually, it's kind of crazy. I actually ran the uh, the gift shop and bar at Camp David. Nice. So like any souvenirs that you buy from there or uh, the secret, if secret service or military people need to eat or, uh, yeah. they, or, or a lot of times they would, uh, they would drink a lot on the weekends or sure. at night. Um, so that was where I worked at. So interesting story. Uh, George Bush is a recovering alcoholic. So he actually never stepped foot inside the bar that I worked. <laughs> I say it's a bar. It's like a, um, it's a gift shop and, and bar, uh, but not your typical bar. Sure, yeah. Uh, 
So his wife would come in there uh, and get drinks and stuff or get souvenirs for their guests. But nice. um, he never came in there and he stuck by his, you know, recovering alcoholic. He didn't want to be around alcohol. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool little like story or. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. But what, what was that process like for you? So you, you said you wanted to be in the military. Uh, that was kind of your plan. Where do you think that came from, or like, what was your drive to to join the military and to to be um, eventually to to join the Navy? That's a good question. Um, I, I like the grind of you know going back to our wrestling days. I like to grind yeah. the wrestling, and I like to, I'm competitive. Um, I like to work, and I just college wasn't for me at the time, uh, and I knew that. Uh, since I was young, uh, it was actually going to be the army, but ended up being the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it just, that, that's where life led me Yeah. Uh, to the, I, I never thought I'd be, would have ever joined the Navy, but that's where I ended up. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, what, how long were you at Camp David station there? I was, I was there for just about two years, two years. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I was telling you, I remember, Coach Roy Monroe, my our wrestling coach, uh, I remember him having a picture of you and, and him telling us about the story of getting the phone call from, which just happens to be your job now, correct? Exactly. Is the people that call and kind of do a little background check on uh, the people that are in, in the military? Is it just all of the military or like the Navy or yeah. what does that look like? Yeah, so currently I'm a, uh, I'm a federal background investigator for the Department of Defense. Nice. And uh, so any federal employee, any federal contractor, okay. uh, any military person who's getting, uh, whether it be a top secret or secret or public trust security clearance, yeah, um, the person that basically uh, conduct interviews and record checks um, to determine suitability for national security clearances. Very cool. That's awesome. How long have you been doing that? Uh, about two years. Two years. Nice. Yep. Nice. And so after you've been in the, the military and you were in the Navy for, did you say seven? Is that right? Seven? Well, so I, I was in the, I was in the Navy for four years, but I was in the Air Force for, uh, just about seven years. Okay. Okay. And do you mind just kind of telling us about your, I don't know, your, your time or your stint in the yeah. military and kind of where that's taken you and, um, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I contribute to where I'm at today from my military experience. Um, so uh, I so I joined the Navy right out of high school. Went to Camp David. I got to be around the Secret Service um, all the time. Got to tr- do training missions with them. Yeah. Um, I got to see the president and heads of states. So it really was an eye opener for me coming from small town Indiana. Right. Um, and. Uh, then I went down to Gulfport, Mississippi with the Seabees, um, deployed once to Kuwait there, uh, Camp Air of John Kuwait. Um, and do you mind and, just telling us what exactly the Seabees are? Uh, that is a yes, new term for me, actually. Yes. So you think of the Navy, you think of a ship or a boat. Um, but the Seabees are, they. so their motto is um, something like they build to, or they build to fight um, and win. Um, so they're, so they wear camouflage. Um, they're not your traditional Navy. So they're, they're made up of, uh, builders, uh, mechanics, 
um, gotcha. electric electricians. And so they're, so they, from what I remember, they could go into a war zone and they could build a, uh, build a base or they could build a structure, okay. but also defend that structure from the enemy. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So they, so they could build a house and then take a break from building and, and fight the bad guys. So, gotcha. um, so I was stationed with them, um, down in Gulfport, uh, and it was a great time. Um, and we were actually getting ready to go to um, Japan for a deployment again. And I ended up getting out of the Navy because um, it was right after Hurricane Katrina, and Gulfport, Mississippi was, uh, was still in bad shape a year later. So uh, I actually uh, joined the Gulfport Police Department as a patrolman. Mm. And um, you know, that's that wrestling mentality coming out of me, the yeah. mental toughness. Uh, I, I love the, uh, I love the excitement and the, uh, of being a cop, uh, being a cop in the hood, chasing, chasing dope. Um, uh, that's now that was back in 2000, 2008, 2009. So that was not like the police today. Uh, there wasn't any cell phone cameras out. So, um, yeah. Otherwise, you'd, pro- you'd probably be seeing me on a on a YouTube clip. <laughs> um, so I uh, so I was a cop for a while. Uh, ended up moving back to Indiana, um, and I got a job uh, in a federal prison. And then I also joined the Air Force, the Indiana Air National Guard, as an intelligence analyst. Okay. <laughs> so I um, worked with drone missions, predators, reapers, global hawks. Uh, basically uh unmanned uh, aerial vehicles that fly uh, you know from 10,000 feet all the way up to 70 75,000 feet uh, we okay. work missions in the middle east uh, in other parts of the world um and for anyone familiar with bo bergdahl i worked one of his missions before okay. uh, when he was uh when he was captured um, and so that's when I say I contribute to where I'm at for my military experience. Um, so not only did I have just amazing experiences in the military, getting to see George Bush, getting to go inside the White House. Uh, so I got Sailor of the Year. I got to go inside the White House for that, for a, a, wow, that's a luncheon. Cool. I got to go into the Oval Office, got my picture taken, uh, a lot of cool stuff. Um, and then in the Air Force, um, I, I got to work drone missions, um, yeah. and it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, I mean, so, and not only did I have really cool experiences, I got my, uh, I got three college degrees, an associates, a bachelor's and a master's Yeah. and, and the military paid for all that. So the GI bill paid for everything. Yeah. So, uh, you hear a lot about the student debt crisis now and whatnot. And, yeah. uh, uh, so I, I went to school for free and got, uh, got some really cool experiences out of it. What were your degrees in? Uh, so my associates is in intelligence studies and technology. Okay. Uh, bachelor's is in emergency and disaster preparedness. And then my master's is in organizational leadership. Nice. Nice. That, those are all really, I mean, it, it makes sense as a, as a collective. They all, they all really kind of tie in together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I did those because I enjoyed, I enjoyed them. I didn't do it until I could get a job or, um, you know, they're not very, um, 
specific. It's not an accounting or, or a degree like that. I did it because I just wanted to learn and, and have fun. Yeah. Did you take those classes? Did you Were you getting your degree while you were in the military still, or was that post-military? Yeah, so I'm probably one of the few people that it took me uh, 11, 12 years to get a four-year degree. Right. Um, so I took classes one, two, three classes at a time. Um, I, uh, you know, life hits you, and, and I took a break um, a couple times. And but I just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the wrestling mentality, mental toughness. I just never gave up. I continued to take classes and take classes until I finally got a, a bachelor's. And uh, so, to say about twelve years to get my bachelor's, but uh, it um, took me one year to get my master's. So. I kind yeah. of made up for the for that. Sure, sure. And something we've we you and I have talked about is just that mental toughness piece and how we feel that wrestling has really um, given us um, a mindset. I guess I don't I don't know if that's the right word. I think that's probably the way I would describe it. Is is a that mental toughness, that mindset to to continue to to take risks, um, but to to work hard and, and to grind things out. We both talked about it in our phone call, how we have used, you know, our wrestling experience and a wrestling background in, in interviews and uh, just throughout life in, in general, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with wrestling, um, it's not like the WWE wrestling you see on TV. It's the amateur college wrestling. Um, right high school wrestling it is putting on a singlet which is like wearing tights and uh you're going out in front of a crowd and you're wrestling against another person and it's not like any other sport you can't blame it on somebody else if you lose if yeah. you lose in wrestling um it's like jocko willink says uh, it's retired navy seal take ownership of your life and yeah. it goes back to wrestling uh, if you lose, you, you you literally cannot blame anybody. Right, um, it's yourself, and that, and so you have to be able to lose and then rebound and lose quickly, fell fast, and get back to your feet. Yeah, and ready for the next match. And uh, and I, we talked about that as as we contribute to to our life. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, life's not easy, and you're gonna get you're gonna get beat a couple times in life. Yeah, but you just you just got to keep moving forward and get back up. Yep. Yeah, it's it's that constant moving forward. It's exactly like you said. You're gonna get knocked down. Um, you got to stand back up, dust yourself off, and and get back after it. And you're right. I think that's one of the things that I really loved about wrestling. To be honest, is you know I played soccer my entire life, and um, it was always you know it was the team sport, and I I was never really on teams that really did anything amazing necessarily you know we we had successes and and whatnot but um you know in a team sport you know i know you played football uh you're only as good as your teammates and and the people around you and that's great there's lessons to be learned there as well but coming from that environment my you know growing up my entire like life until i found wrestling and then jumping into wrestling and it's you get out what you put in and much like life you know um and I love that. I love being able to put that time in and put that work in and see myself make those gains and those strides and, and see the successes that came from the hard work and determination uh, that that was put into it, you know? 100% agree. 100%. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you were in the Navy. 
uh, you were in Camp David, and then you had a few other things in the Air Force. Um, do you mind if I ask what led to your choice to, to leave the military? Yeah, so I was in the military, I was in the Navy um, down in Gulfport, and like I said, so we're about to deploy to Japan, mm-hmm. um, and I was excited for that. However, um, I I had my oldest daughter, um, Kylie, she was, she was young, um, so I, uh, I got out for her yeah. uh, and her mom, yeah. um, and didn't want to. Um, but I ended up uh, doing it anyways. And, right. Uh, but then you see, it wasn't a, a year later I got back in, so yeah. I didn't stay out for long. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, was the the police uh, work that you did was that with the military, or was that separate? That was separate. So that was a, a I worked for the city of Gulfport. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and yep. And you currently live in in our um, hometown, hometown, I guess. Uh, of Sullivan, Indiana. What was it like moving back to Sullivan? Well, at first, um, you know, it's like when you visit, uh, it's, you see this, a lot of the same old people doing the same old things. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's always good to come back. Um, but when I came back, I, I was good. I was happy to see my family and friends. Uh, but that, um, that only lasted for a short time because ever since I moved back in 2000, uh, I moved back in 09, but I still left for the military again. Um, so really in 2011 is when I was here for good. Okay. And um, so I still have the drive and the ambition to leave. Yeah. Uh, leave small town Indiana. However, um, I go I go where the good Lord takes me. And if he wants me here, then that's I'll be here for a uh, however long I'll need to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so when you came back, you started, that's when you started working at the federal prison. Yeah. I started working at the federal prison. Um, when I came back and at the, so the same month, uh, I joined the air, the air national guard and worked at the federal prison. Yeah. So the, the prison is for those of you listening, it's in Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, it's a federal penitentiary there. Um, it's, happens to be where Timothy McVeigh was executed. Um, and it's a, it's it a maximum security or. Yeah. It's a, the only federal death row. Okay. Uh, they, they have uh, one of the few terrorist units, which is not uh, commonly known okay. uh, to the public. Um, it is uh, one of the, mo- the pre- a more prestigious federal prison in, in America. Yeah. Yeah. It's been around, for a while, and, and I know I'm a big West Wing fan. I don't know if you've watched that show at all, but uh, yeah, they mention they mention it in the West Wing. Um, it's always interesting when you hear that the the prison kind of pop up, you know, and I know we know a lot of people that work there currently, and um, it's kind of one of those places that provides a lot of jobs in the area for sure. Um, yeah, in a rural, a rural area like this, it's one of the... You know, it's it's going to be a good a good pension check for people that can retire from there. Yeah, and which you no longer work there. And and throughout our conversation the other day, um, one of the things that I I thought was really that we had in common um, was the fact that you left there uh, with a great job. You know, a good paying job. You've got this pension and. 
um, you were closer, a lot closer than than me for sure, or other people our age to retirement. Yeah, so I had seven years in the federal prison uh, and um, 13 years away from retirement um, and to where retirement, would, where I would get a pension check for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, and so I came home one day and told my wife, uh, I said, I don't think I can work there anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's because I'm a positive person. Um, I'm a positive thinker. I love positivity. Um, and that play, you know, working in a prison in, in and of itself is a negative, negative environment. So I, so I said, you know, there's something else out there for me in life. So what I did was, uh, I went to grad school. So I quit, quit the prison yeah. and I went to grad school for a year and we lived off the GI bill. Uh, we lived on a strict budget and, you know, people said I was crazy. So I was making a mistake. Uh, they said I was not doing what's right for my family. Yeah, um, a, a lot of negativity uh, f- coming from people, friends, family, and coworkers that uh, were t- trying to tell me what was best for me. How did that affect uh, you? And, uh, it added fuel to my fire. Uh, it uh, it just drove me to want to succeed in the uh, succeed even more. And so here I am, unemployed. Uh, going to grad school full time, have four kids. Uh, my wife uh, w- was working then, and uh, but still, it, it was tough. We took we took a significant pay, uh, pay decrease. So yeah, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but you know, uh, it was thousands of dollars. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that I just left on the table. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wrote down from our conversation, which is goes along with, with what you're just saying now, is uh, you said, follow your passion and money will come. Yep. And I like that. Love that little quote. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm a passionate person. I like to be involved with stuff I have, that has a purpose, you know. And mm-hmm. so I wanted – I knew there was I – was, I, was, I had a purpose in life. I knew – um, I was not in my passion, so I wanted to follow my passion because, you know, at the end of the day, Shane, uh, I tell my daughters, hey, go chase your dreams, um, do what you want to do in life and have fun, but chase your dreams, be passionate about what you do because it's like a, a crazy statistic that's like 60, 70% of people are dissatisfied with their job. Right. And. So I don't want my kids to be one. Well, if I'm telling my kids to chase their dreams, then who am I not to chase my own dream? Right. So, you know, like I said earlier, it took me uh, about 12 years to get a bachelor's degree. And I always wanted to, I always thought, you know, what happened, what would happen if I actually focused on school full time, if I just committed to it Mm -hmm. and didn't have any outside distractors? Yeah. Uh, so that's so that's what I did. I, I focused on school full time, and, and so going back to high school, I, my GPA was like one point nine or two point oh at the highest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did not do well. So my bachelor's was a three point five, and then so I went to grad school and, and graduated with a three point nine. And it's not because I'm intelligent. It's not because I'm smart. I'm just a hard worker, and it's that grind, the mentality of a wrestler, and the mental toughness to keep pushing forward and uh, learn from your mistakes. So um, I. 
kind of just lost track where I was going with that. But no, that's okay. What, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had mentioned, you know, follow your passion and money will come. Uh, kind of talking about, yeah. Um, you know, you're following your purpose, and one of the things that you had mentioned, and and things that I. I think is really cool as well is that you want your daughters to chase their dreams. And I think that, you know, watching, they get, they get to watch you and and your wife chase your dreams as well. Um, but it's not just, it's not just chasing your dreams and going blindly and expecting it to fall into your lap. It's, it's a lot of hard, hard work and you continually, um, have shown that it's, you know, you're working hard. You're not just rolling over and hoping that somebody, uh, puts an opportunity in your, in your lap and you can run with it, but you're almost creating the opportunities, um, that have presented themselves and creating the opportunity that you have and had, um, that you want. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you, you said it perfectly. Um, and, and so I'm trying to teach my kids chase their passion and the money will come. A lot of people get stuck on, I can never take a pay low. I can never take a pay decrease. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I make $50,000 a year and I cannot, if I get a new job, I cannot take anything less. Yeah. Well, th- th- that's couldn't be any further from the truth is, uh, you just have to learn on less than what you make. And it's about not being chasing materialistic things. So to chase my passion, um, you know, we didn't go out to eat very much. We lived on a strict budget because our my passion was greater than trying to go out to eat and buy a nice car, you know, live in that kind of life. Yeah. And when I when you said chase your passion, the money will come. Well, the money came, right? Mm-hmm. So when I left the prison, um, and I got the job where I'm at now, uh, if you compare the two at retirement, it's a thirty five thousand dollar difference. Yeah. Um, so so I chased my passion, and I. I invested in myself. I became a better person and through this process and the money came. Uh, and, uh, so not only did the money come, but my schedule got better. Yeah. Uh, and you enjoyed what you were doing and, and it gave and, you, it gave you, uh, I feel like it, it gives you this sense of fulfillment and purpose and value. Do you feel that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we talked about the Simon Sinek book, uh, Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And uh, so kind of what did, one of their things that started me on this track was in early 2016, I believe it was, or late 2015, I had a supervisor, uh, Gilliam. Uh, he actually gave me that book. And as a first, so I was, I was raw. I didn't, I wanted to succeed and become a better person and all this but I didn't really I wasn't refined I was I was a raw I was raw yeah he gave me this book and he kind of kind of helped shape me and so reading Simon Sinek's book uh, start with why it was uh, it was kind of shocking for me I'm like this is what I need this is you know I need a why I'm coming into a a prison where there's rapists and murderers and child molesters Um, it's a negative environment like why am I coming here for a paycheck yeah, uh, life's more than just a paycheck, and um, I would rather be happy and make less money. So, so I was prepared to make less money. It just happened that I made, uh, I ended up making more money than I did at the time, and it, and it all goes back to chasing my purpose and finding my why. Yeah. Uh, no, on 
it, I'll just read this off my LinkedIn. Uh, it's about it's about me. It says, my why, I do what I do to change my family tree to get the most potential out of myself as I can and pass that ambition onto my daughters. My passion is to help people live a happy life and to never stop growing as a person, a father, husband, and a leader. So yeah, that's, that's my awesome. why. My, my why is uh, exactly that. Uh, and it's not a, about money. And, and who's to say that if my why takes me to a job making half of what I do now, then that's where it takes me. And yeah. um, that's where I'm, I'm building the foundation of my life financially to where I'm able to do that. So um, you're you're in that position with Crazy Face Uno. You're you're mm-hmm. ch- you're finding your why. You're chasing your passion. Yeah, and for sure. Not not everyone sees the struggles that you're going through or um, the the what you've given up to get to where you're at. Yeah. Right. But in two years, when you got your own YouTube show, like we're in uh, the publicity of Joe Rogan's show, <laughs> you can you, you can date back to you know you started a grassroots campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And and I, you know, we we have both talked about this, you know, together of how you. So the next part of your life, and one of the parts of chasing your why. By the way, if you're listening and you haven't checked out this book, um, I would highly suggest and encourage you to do so. Obviously, Kevin is uh, obviously on board as well. It's Start With Why by Simon Sinek. It's a great book. It's going to challenge you regardless of where you're at in life. It's going to challenge you in different ways. It's going to open your eyes to um, just a lot of different things out there. It's powerful. It's beautiful. There's a bunch of uh, different books that he's he's also um, written, uh, whether it's like Find Your Why and um, Start With Why, I believe. Or no, uh, there's another, I don't know. There's a, there's a couple other books that he has out there. I've, I've listened to the Find Your Why um, and I haven't listened to some of the other ones, but it's great. It's really great and I would highly encourage you all to check it out. Um, with that said, Finding your why and chasing your why has led you to um, a few different things. You and your wife have both started your own businesses. Yeah, so uh, start start with why, finding your purpose. That's kind of how uh, we, we want to help people, right? It's exactly uh, what you're doing with Crazy Face Uno. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how can we do our part in life to help other people? Well, we want to start a business for a while, but we couldn't really figure out like what kind of business do we want to start? Yeah. Uh, and it was came down to what's our passion, what's our ambition and what are we, what, what are we good at? Well, so one, one aspect is a financial coaching business for federal, uh, prisoners. Yeah. And me working in the federal prison, I know that there's no financial coaching out there and a very high percentage of crimes are related to money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so I thought, hey, let's create a business to teach inmates about money, basic uh, middle school, high school uh, level information. And so we're helping people on a massive scale, but we're getting paid for it. Yeah. Uh, so it's called Pink Lion Financial. And uh, we've been in a federal prison one time teaching inmates about money. Uh, and uh, it worked great. And then the other aspect of the business is uh, life insurance for bur- or burial insurance. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife, uh, her dad and brother both died unexpectedly with no life insurance. Yeah. 
their family was was left to uh, you know to cover the cost and uh, they struggled and had to get help to pay for the funeral and so my wife's uh, taking the lead on uh, selling burial insurance so no other family has to go through what she went through because yeah. when you don't have the money to pay for a funeral uh, you have to give someone a lesser funeral than they deserve sure uh, so that's that's kind of how what led us into these two businesses um, and so far they, they've been relatively successful we're not uh, you know, we're setting the foundation in 2019 and, and for a future business uh, that we can pass down to our kids. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, this is the thing that really you guys starting these businesses uh, between the two of you and, um, you know, us, our conversation about Crazy Face Uno and what you guys are doing. There's just been so many similarities that we've found um, and just that grind and, and kind of chasing our passions within that. One thing I really loved, and I, I remember you telling me when I reached out to you about being on the podcast is like, yeah, that's like my wife and I's motto to do good and make a difference. And um, where did that come from? So we both grew up very poor. We both grew up around drugs and alcohol. Um, and so we, we grew up uh, a different way. And we wanted our kids to have something, uh, a different life than what we grew up with. And I guess it created the same mentality in us in that we want to help others because it's kind of like we want to be there for people that uh, no one was there for us in a sense. Yeah. Um, You know, be the person who you always wanted or who you needed. There's some quote like that. Uh, it's kind of how we look at it. Yeah. Um, and what I, what I love about that is that you have taken that idea and turned it into, um, turned it into something, you know, and it's not just been, this is what we want to do. And this is, you know, this is something that we subscribe to in some ways, but you're not doing anything about it. And I, what else I love about it is, it's really, it's really foundational to what Crazy Face Uno um, is all about, and I've I've really worked at not limiting uh, what Crazy Face Uno is in in the mission statement. You know, to inspire others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. I wanted to keep it open, and what I love about what you guys are are doing or like having that motto um, just for your own life is that you found what that means for you. And one thing that I continually keep saying um, as I've been challenged with like narrowing in my mission statement and being more direct in what that, what that is and what doing good is or what making a difference looks like. And I don't, I just don't think that that part is important. I think that it's important to understand that doing good and, and making a difference can be a business that you start for your family um, the ambition that you show your kids um, to chase their dreams, to help prisoners with their financial literacy, um, to have a business. Yes, you're making money, but you're helping people with um, the end of life and, and that experience for you know other people. And you know when you when you set these intentions or these mottos for life, I think that 
you have to filter things through that lens as well. And as you start to filter things through that lens of like, man, I want, I want my, my life to be doing good, helping others, um, and making a difference in the world, then everything you do starts to take shape and start to filter through that, that filter. And it's changed my mindset. It's changed the way I've looked at life. It's changed the way I look at other people. It's changed the way I interact with people. If you know me and you're close to me, you know that I, I just get so frustrated with driving and drivers and that kind of thing. And I, it's honestly, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> I, uh, nothing makes me more aggravated and frustrated than, um, the silly things that people do while driving or don't do while driving. Um, but it's really challenged me to change my mindset and change my perspective and change the way I respond to some of those situations because I do want to do good because I'm asking others to do good because I do want to make a difference because I do want to help people and me flipping somebody off or yelling or, or allowing them to take my power, allowing them to change my mood and by an action that is out of my control is silly it's ridiculous and it's something that i have continually work on and i'm continually working on um you know we are imperfect people but when i even notice myself getting frustrated at at something silly or something that is out of my control um recognizing that is has been huge and just bringing that back all that to say I love that you guys have taken that concept to do good and make a difference and you've you've made it fit your life and you've made it work and, and you filtered things through that lens uh, into your, your personal lives. Yeah, so you have a great point. Uh, everybody can make a difference and inspire others in different ways. So we all have our strengths and I like to focus on my strengths and not even worry about my weaknesses. Yeah. So, I might be good at something and you might be good at something different, but we can still use our strengths to inspire others and just help people. And, you know, you, you, you might hear people say, you know, if I ever hit the lottery, I'll help people. Well, you can help people now. You can inspire people now. Um, one thing that my wife and I started doing, this is, uh, we've done it only for two years. Uh, but every, every Christmas we like to go to a random restaurant and then give a waitress or a waiter a hundred dollar tip. Yeah, that's awesome. And we only done it two years. The first the first year, um, the waitress cried. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the second year, uh, the person uh, maybe there was a language barrier. <laughs> yeah. And the the person just took it and put it in his pocket and did not say a word. And um, we've seen him several times there since then, but he, he has not acknowledged it. But, <laughs> but, still, but it doesn't matter. It, exactly. It doesn't matter. And it's two totally different reactions, but it's something that, and we, so we have our kids help us and like, uh, we explain to them what we're doing the two years and this will be the third year, but we want to not only help people and talk about it, but we want to walk the walk. We want to actually do little things. And right. it's, it can be as little as holding the door open. So I make my, my four-year-old hold the door open when we go places. Absolutely. Um, for other people, you know, and because um, because maybe that person will see a four-year-old holding the door open and get inspired to do it for somebody else. Yeah, and I love that. Gosh, I love that. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly why I'm not going to 
to narrow it beyond exactly. uh, do good and make a difference because I think it's as simple as smiling at somebody on the sidewalk can be yeah. a, a difference maker to do good and make a difference. You never know what the person next to you, the person you pass by is going through and just acknowledging their existence there and, and smiling can make an impact on somebody's life. And it may not be the, like the impact that's going to change their life forever, but those small, insignificant, seemingly insignificant things can have huge impacts on people on their day-to-day life. And whether that's, man, I have the ability to tip 25% today. It doesn't have to be $100. It can be, yeah. hey, I'm going to tip 25% instead of 20 or 15 or whatever it is. Um, and it's going to be, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to meet a stranger. I'm going to you know, give a compliment. Something I've talked about on, on the podcast and something I've really enjoyed doing is... If I want to change the world and I want to change um, things for good and, and for positive, uh, like in a positive direction, then I need to acknowledge the good and the positive and not just the negative. Uh, we're so quick to notice the negative things that are going on in the world and the, and the things that we don't like um, that sometimes we neglect and we forget that we haven't shown appreciation for the things that are good and that we do like and that we're thankful for. So when I see somebody, even if it's a stranger, that's like, man, you picked up that piece of garbage. Hey, thanks so much for doing that. I recognize it. I see you. You know, that's like basically what I'm saying is I see you. I saw that you picked that up. That's awesome. Do you think that that person's going to pick up something else in the future? Most likely, you know, and uh, I just, that's such a simple way as well. And I just don't want to limit what doing good and making a difference can be. And I think that you're proving that point and that example, um, as you're going. One thing I continually say too, um, is that, you know, exactly what doing bad and not doing good and not making a difference is. I don't have to explain to you what not, uh, making a difference and what, you know, doing something bad is like, it's, it's easy. That's easy to understand. And so, it's yes, giving it, people those small ways to do good and make a difference. So when you're when you're saying that, I, I think of uh, Earl Nightingale and the story about how you have two you have one farmer he plants his two holes, and one hole he plants corn, and the other a few feet away he plants nightshade. Now nightshade is a deadly poison, uh, so the water wa- uh, plants them, he waters them, he takes care of the land. Well, what's going to happen? Right, so yeah. the land's going to produce in abundance whatever you plant it. Yeah. So that so that land's going to produce corn and poison both. Yeah. So now let's re- replace the word land with the word the human mind. So your yeah. mind is much more fertile than a piece of farmland. So your mind is going to return to you whatever you plant. So do you want to plant positivity or negativity in your life? Mm. Uh, people often complain about negative things happening, bring negative things into their life. Yeah. And you know if you want to plant negativity in your mind then you're gonna that's all you're gonna think about and uh, we live in the greatest country this earth has ever seen uh, you can you can be I mean you can have any life that you want in America and but if you watch the news you may not think that and yeah. but I refuse to let the negativity control me and uh, I, I look at it like Earl Nightingale the the corn and a nightshade uh, i'm trying to plant positivity in my in my mind every single day yeah and i try to and, and granted uh i get or a disclaimer uh, do i let negative things bother me 100 percent. but yep. 
it, it's not on a scale that bothers me anymore. So I, mm. I might have a bad minute or a bad hour, but I'll never have a bad day. I'll never have a bad two hours. Yeah. Uh, and it's all about positivity. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was talking to a, she's a life coach. Uh, we did the, my wife and I did this, uh, experience through airbnb a couple weeks ago and i was talking to this gal that was there as a part of this experience as well um and she's a life coach and we were just talking about how like emotions and whatnot and and she was giving me you know honestly uh, some really solid advice and something that i've implemented into my life and that is um that you can assign emotion to things and that we do automatically you know we've, over time we we've like learned these different ways or these different things about like assigning emotion to um you know things events that happen or whatever that is and man if i if i dropped something and i spilled something there was a time in my life in the last year honestly that that would have just made me furious and i would have lost my shit and yeah. and I've really been working on myself and working on my responses to things and, um, you know, just different, my own self, my own mental health, my own, my own self. But one of the things that's really been beneficial is there's been times when just my own mind is, is plays those games and wants to go negative and I'm not going to assign that emotion to that and telling myself that and working through that. There's been things that have irritated me. Uh, you're, you're married. If you're married out there, if you have a significant other, um, you get it. Like you're going to get frustrated at some point in time. Sometimes they're just the most ridiculous things that you're frustrated at. But you know, for me, it's, it's been checking myself and going, I'm not going to assign emotion to that. It doesn't deserve my emotion. It's just happened. It's out of my control, you know? Um, or whatever that might be. There's just so many different things, but that's just something I've continually uh, caught myself in and, and telling myself, I'm not going to give that emotion. I'm not going to get mad at that. I'm not going to be sad at that. I'm not going to be, you know, whatever that is. And there's a time and a place to, to have emotion. And uh, I it's been really beneficial to me of just recognizing when I'm getting worked up or when I'm getting having emotion of something that doesn't require that and doesn't need that and it's not necessary. Now, now, once you recognize that, is it not a game changer? Oh, once it's, it's such a once game you changer. Realize, it, it changes everything. Yeah, because, because you start to see it in so many different places and so many different areas. And, and that's what I mean. Like, it's honestly, I've been doing this for, you know, almost two weeks now. And it's legitimately changed the game for me where I go, oh, yeah, I dropped that. I spilt that sauce all over myself. And I'm not going to get mad at that. It doesn't deserve my, like, an emotion. It just, yep. I, it's happened. And I wipe it off and I move on to the next thing. And it's been huge for me. It's definitely been a game changer. It, 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 and myself as well and my family. Uh, that happened to me about in 2016. I had a, you know, 2016 was my life-changing year. And that's when I really focused on on that and not letting stuff take uh take control of me and yeah um so it might you know my two-year-old or i mean my three-year-old might drop something make a mess and she might be crying because she's gonna she thinks she's gonna get in trouble and i'm just like hey her name's kansas kansas like it's okay you just dropped it It was an accident like we'll clean it up it's, it's literally no big deal yeah and so that's so you know we learn this as adults but so my question is, how can we ensure other people learn this earlier? 
Yeah, and, and, and it goes back to your 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 motto with Crazy Face Uno. You know, D- doing good and inspiring inspiring others. So maybe somebody you can teach somebody that, and then they teach somebody that, and it, you, now, now you're changing twenty seven different people about how they look at life. Exactly, and it's these conversations. I I have a. If you look at the the guests that I've had on the podcast, it's it's wide. There's a variety of people and different things, and I love that. It's going to continue to be that as well um, because I think that everybody has a story and everybody can relate to things differently. Tomorrow's podcast will be an accountant. Um, he's a senior accountant. I, you know, that's, that's his profession. That's his thing. Um, but I think that throughout that conversation – Maybe there's one person that listens that takes something from that, you know, that's able to take that idea, take that uh, conversation and be like, man, that really made me think about this. And that's how they change their life. If that's the one spark, the seed that's planted, isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? And if not, then move on. Then it's fine. It's 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 neither here nor there. It's just providing an opportunity and um, whether that's through this conversation or, or others. Um I think it's I think it's huge, and then you start to see the ripple effect. You know, you throw a pebble into uh, the water, and you see that ripple. Uh, and as you start to sprinkle that more and more into the water, you start to see you know raindrops. When raindrops fall, I get a look out over my balcony into this pond behind my apartment that I live in, and when the rain starts dropping, it's just it's this like rhythmic thing you know there's these ripples and these effects and you see that throughout other you know organizations or through different companies or through different people talking and and whatnot the ripple effect that their conversation their platforms have and um you know that's that's a goal that's a dream to have multiple uh ripples happening you know these little pebbles that get thrown into the water and um you know make these waves and 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 change begins to happen i think so um yeah, you have to start somewhere, and it can be from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. And I think that, regardless, I think it's important to keep going, and, and it's an important yeah. uh, thing to talk about. Kevin, I'm really interested in how you would describe the changes that have taken place in your life since high school, since I knew you, to today. I mean, it's you can see them throughout your conversation, but when you look at your life and you look back i know for myself i when i look back i'm like man i have changed so much i've grown up i've changed in the last year i've grown up i've matured i've become a different person i've um i'm a different man than i was before and i've made a lot of mistakes in my life and i'm happy to continually uh, grind away at being the best version of myself that i possibly can be um what what are some of the changes that you've noticed or how would you describe the way you've changed from you know, high school to the military to today? Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, so I, I'm not the same person I was six months ago, you know, so I, I continually try to develop and become better. And so dating back to high school, um, I, I got out of my environment, number one. Um, so I, I took a risk. Um, I was ambitious. I wanted to join the military and travel and I want to see outside of small town, Indiana. Yeah. And so that's the first thing that just changed me. I mean, um, you know, we're not very diverse in Sullivan and no, <laughs> then I was, you know, then my, my best friends at boot camp. one was an Asian guy, uh, middle Eastern guy. Uh, I mean, um, 
so that was my first was eye opener is join the military and get out of that environment, do something different. Um, but it really is, is being ambitious, uh, always, uh, taking, taking smart risk yeah. and continually failing. Cause I, I fell constantly, but I learned from my failure and I continue to, you know, improve. So, and, and you know, the biggest thing that's made me who I am today is, it's, um, my wife and I talk about it being a course correction and a life course correction. So we're going one way. We think we're going one way. And then all of a sudden something life happens or something, uh, something happens and we change course. So prior the old me would fight it or maybe not want to go, you know, not go with the new change. And I think our ability to adapt, uh, my wife and I's ability to adapt to any situation is, uh, and be positive about any situation. So that's, and it's really helped me grow and develop. And so when something happens in life and we're, and your first reaction is, Oh crap. And then yeah. all of a sudden, okay, how do we deal with this? How do we, let's focus on the issue right. and, uh, to not let, let that issue take your power, take your control, take your emotion and, treat it like a business and continually moving forward um, and never stop learning. Uh, so I know I, I kind of was rambling there, but um, <laughs> no, you're fine. That's, it's kind of, you know, transformed me who I am uh, today. And I hope that I become, uh, I become next year. I'm completely a different, but better person than I am today. Yeah. Well, and I didn't, I know I'm the same way. I'm different than I was six months ago. I'm I'm constantly, you know, working and changing and, um, yeah, just recognizing different things in my life that I want to I want to work on and change and, and being intentional about those different things. Um, I was reading a book. I'm I'm reading a couple books actually right now. Uh, I'm I do Audible, so I'm technically listening to them. But I have three <laughs> books that I'm listening to. But one is uh. 13 things that mentally tough people don't do and it's really good it's actually got a really a lot of solid things but um one of the one of the topics that i listened to this morning i've actually been starting my day uh this is another uh piece from uh the lady geneva is her name uh if you're listening geneva thank you for the the suggestions and the advice that you gave me. She's the uh, life coach that um, I met, but she's like, I start my day and I listen to an, my audiobooks in the morning. I start my day with that. And, you know, I've got a little group of guys that we've been, uh, you know, listening or reading a book. And so I've got that one, I've got this other book and I've been just been spending time and making notes and writing down and being intentional and not just a flippant thing, but I want to learn. I want to like I want to improve. And so one of the things that they talked about in the book today um, was calculated risks, you know, um, and stepping outside of your comfort zone. And it doesn't mean that you just flippantly go and, and do something, but you, you make a calculated risk. And if it fails or it, if it doesn't go the way you want it to, you tried, you go back to the drawing board and you, you fix, you course correct, and you make those corrections or those adjustments you need. Um but I, that speaks to maybe what you were just saying a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, when you say that, I think of uh, you had 
Thomas Moore on a few episodes back, I believe, he climbed Mount Denali. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, t- so uh, calculated risk, he, he was intentional to climb a mountain. Yeah. And so he took the risk, but he it was calculated because he prepared for it. I mean, he had the first one, I think, five weeks or something like that. And, yeah. But, um, and so that's what I think about when, when you talk about calculated risk right being intentional right he didn't just go out there with uh you know the shirt on his back he he was intentional about the way he went about it he researched he did his homework he did his work prior to that um you know and even the one uh kilimanjaro i believe it was or i believe kilimanjaro he no uh maybe i'm thinking of somebody else uh i believe i'm thinking of um tyler dunning who was just on the podcast uh we dropped his his podcast on Monday yesterday, and he was talking about there was this one uh, climb that he did that he didn't make it the first time, and you know he had to go back and and do it again in order to reach that that goal. Um, and I think that that's an important lesson as well of like, man, I I did I did do my due diligence in preparing, but it didn't work out for me that time. Um, but that doesn't mean that it, it can't. It means I just have to go back. I have to figure out where I made a mistake or, or yep. if there was something in my control to, to change. And if there isn't, then I have to, you know, look at that and evaluate. And that was the other part to that is like evaluating. So take these calculated risks and then success or, or not, you need to then reevaluate and evaluate how that, um, turned out. And then those are like teaching and learning moments, um, for for you with whatever you're doing or whatever endeavor you're going going about yeah and you know it's it's in a way it's kind of like the uh have you ever heard the story about the burn your boats Um, i don't think i have so it's really it's really cool story Uh, i'll try to summarize it so the aztec empire had defeated uh many tribes many opponents and before right they were unbeatable in a sense yeah. And in like 15, 18 or 15, 19, this guy, Hernan Cortez, he had like five or 600 men, 15 or 20 horses. And he, he goes there, um, to, to conquer it. And, uh, he had, didn't have enough men, but so one thing that he did was he, he and his crew, they burned all their boats. So they, they pull up to the land and they burn all their boats, right? Yeah. Well, why, why would you burn your boats? Well, some historians talk about like uh, to ensure loyalty and not someone's trying to like leave or something, but it's because they were intentional that they were, they, he wanted his men to commit to succeeding. Right. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, if, so they burned their boats and they, there was no turning back. Right. There was, they're going to, you're going to win or you're going to die. Yeah. And well, it took him two years, but, his so Cortez's victory, he actually started the fall of the Aztec Empire, mm. and uh, that Thomas More guy. So he he actually talked about uh, what was it? Uh, he was willing to die to willing to die to accomplish his goal. Yeah. Okay. And that really struck out to me. Listen to that podcast because then it reminds me of burn your ships, like burn your boats. So if you if you have your boats, you know, uh, shored up or. Uh, on shore you can always retreat and leave that's in the back of your yeah. mind it's that like you safety commit, that that like comfort yeah, it's, just, it's, just, 
the safety net. And but if you burn them, there's there's no there's literally literally no turning back. You you have to succeed. Yeah. And what, you know whether it's climbing a mountain or um, you know when I went to grad school, like I I quit my job to do it. Like I if if I didn't get a C average or better in my class, like I wouldn't get paid by the GI Bill. Yeah. If I didn't get paid by the GI Bill, I could not pay. I couldn't feed my family. Right. So. I I can I burn my boats I burn the job yeah so um, I think it's important to be intentional and but be calculated and not uh, you know Cortez didn't just fight the Aztec Empire uh, just he didn't you know he didn't wake up one day and say you know he he planned it. it took him two years too and the two years is that's what we have to a lot of us get distracted in life because we want it now instant gratification and. Um, you have to look at the end result. What's uh, visualize what's going to happen when I succeed? You know, you have to prepare that it's going to take a while for you to happen, for you to accomplish your goal. Right. Um, and I think Cortez's uh, "Burn Your Boats" story is uh, really, uh, you know, that's one that I think of a lot because I, I have to burn my boat. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, and and how I relate that back to my own life and and Crazy Face Uno is. Honestly, through the podcast, I have been in the beginning, I was really, really scared about putting my opinions and my thoughts out there. One on one, I can have a conversation, you know, with people and, and I'm free to just communicate and talk freely. But, um, you know, I was really nervous about there's my family even of like, my viewpoints from my family. I, I don't see things the same way as my family does. And that's okay. I, I'm not telling my family they have to see my way and I'm, and I'm don't want them to expect me to think their way. And, um, you know, even friends or whatnot that you just, I don't know. I don't want people to look at me differently or whatever that is. And I hadn't really moved beyond that and past that. And, you know, a lot of the podcast is some vulnerability on my end. And, and I expect, to, to be the example to my guests and to the people that are on the podcast of, hey, look, I'm being vulnerable too. I'm not just asking a bunch of personal questions to you and, and asking you to be vulnerable, but I'm putting myself out there as well. And, you know, taking that risk of as the, the people pleaser inside of me of, of people looking at me differently and thinking differently of me and maybe they don't like what I have to say and maybe they don't want to listen and, and that's okay too. and But being okay with that. But it's that risk of me stepping out and being like, okay, well, uh, I'm doing this, so um, I'm going to take this risk. And that's kind of in some ways I, I feel like how I've relate that back to maybe a part of my life and a part of Crazy Face Uno that, that relates to that a little bit. Yeah, and you know, you may you may not inspire your like or have your family that supports you or close friends, but for every person that doesn't support you, that's close to you, you're going to inspire two or three people who you don't even know. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of, kind of evens out and, you know, they say some of the people that won't support you or, you know, are your closest friends and family. Right. Yeah. So, but how many, how many people that do you know that are podcast ex- experts or, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's I don't like, really exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you can tell your best friend, hey, this is what I'm doing, and he's going to say, ah, it doesn't sound like a good idea. Well, yeah. but what's that person's expertise? What You know, what are they? It's just it's just an average person with an average sure. opinion. And But you go to join a Facebook group about podcasting, 
you're going to have a lot of support there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, inspire a lot more people. Yeah. And it's just grinding and, and keeping after that ambition and that goal um, and not giving up on that. One of the things I actually I, I wrote back, this is, makes me want to look back. I said, uh, found it, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I don't, this is this is vulnerability at its uh, at its max here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just a little note that I made one day. It was if, and I mean if you want Crazy Face Uno to make it, you must go for it. Don't let doubt get to you. Don't let other people, friends, or otherwise make you question your dream. Don't quit. Pour your heart and soul into your work. Pour your money into all you do. Dream on. And. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, a thought that I had. I, I was having some self-doubt and some, you know, just some discouragement, I guess. Uh, at one point, yeah. I don't know when this even was, to be honest. I just remember writing it. <laughs> it's been a while ago, um, kind of yeah. back in the beginning stages. But it's one of those things that I, I didn't want to forget that thought. And if I want this to succeed, I can't I can't just half-heartedly be a part of it. A, that's just not who I am. And, and B, I have to put myself into it. And so... Yeah, it's just a, a reminder for me sometimes to, you know, keep that keep that going and that ambition and and to pour my my heart and soul into what I'm doing, um, and that's kind of always been my part of who I am and uh, whatnot. But I know you yeah. have some different ways of of staying motivated, and do you mind telling us or telling our listeners, you know, some of those ways and in which you stay motivated? Yeah, actually, uh, it's interesting you brought you said that because I'm actually looking at uh, so in my home office. I've got nothing but uh, quotes, positive quotes from uh, successful people, and I've got them plastered all over my wall. Yeah. And so when, when you're talking about what, what you just said, I'm looking at Amelia Earhart's quote: "The most difficult thing to, is the decision to act; the rest is merely tenacity." Mm. So. Uh, and that's one that I go by a lot in my life is, you know, you want to do crazy face, Uno, but putting it out there for the public to see your friends, your families and being vulnerable. Um, that, that's a tough decision, <laughs> but it's the toughest decision, right? Yeah. Because once you actually got past that and you started doing it, I mean, yeah. how, you know, how many episodes you got in two months or three months now, like you, you're crushing yeah, it. Like 33, but, 34, I don't know, 35. Yeah. So the, the most the difficult thing is the decision to act yeah. the rest is merely tenacity. Like that's, it couldn't be any closer to the truth because, um, and just, just do like going to the gym. It's hard, yeah. but the decision to go to the gym is hard. Go actually at the, when you're at the gym, you're like, Oh, it's not so bad. Yeah. And then afterwards it feels amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, motivation is, uh, it's it's my life in a way. Um, I love motivation. I get motivated, you know, by listening to a podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, or so anywhere I drive somewhere, I'm always listening to a positive or motivational podcast. Yeah. I've got these motivational quotes all over my wall. Yeah. I get um, or I get motivated or inspired when I'm driving down the road and I see somebody running down the road and they're working out. Sure. And then. Uh, they're they're running. Why can't I? Yeah. Um, and, or my ninety-two-year-old neighbor, uh, who the guy's a beast. He uh, he's having some health issues now, but 
mean, he's 90, 90, 91 years old and he yeah. was out mowing his grass. He's, yeah, he's that's awesome. driving, driving his car and it just motivates me. So I try to find motivation in, in everything. Yeah. Uh, and for example, I just interviewed someone today who's a nurse practitioner and she started as an EMT and yeah. she just worked her way up through the years to become a nurse practitioner. And it really motivates me because we, you know, you kind of, if you watch the news too much, you're going to see that you can't succeed and that, uh, but you can't because people like that, she starts an EMT and, and worked her way up to the top through the years. And that's what, you know, I look at my life and that's where I'm trying to continually work my way up to the top. I, I, I literally used to live in the projects yeah. and I know they're not like the Baltimore projects from the wire, but they're, you know, they're the projects. That's where I grew up. Yeah. And so I like to say I came from the projects and, uh, started from the bottom and now I'm in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to get to the top right. and whatever I can pull motivation to get me to the top. That's what I can do because I think we all face that little voice in our head, that negative voice that says, you're not good enough. You can't do it. Um, and just, you know, trying to overcome that, I need all the motivation I can get. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I mean, you sent me a picture of your wall, uh, after we talked and, um, I, it actually seeing your space. So this is an example of just the simple things of being intentional about reaching out to people or, Hey, I'm going to send you the picture of my wall. I'll show it to you. And you sent that to me. And what I did that evening, uh, or the next day or whatever it was, was I, I cleared out my room. Most of you know, I, I just moved to Florida. And so our spare bedroom is still loaded with boxes, but I wasn't able to get to the desk, my desk to work. I had been working from my couch and, um, ergonomically my back and my body were saying uh you got to do something different and (laughs) so it's been really cool to to use that as my motivation too like hey i want to do something like that like i want to i want to have this space that i can be inspired and so i cleared off the desk and i cleared a path to my to my desk and i set up lights and a lamp and uh you know i'm sitting here right now i've I've got the podcast uh the, the microphone and Um, my podcasting microphone and my equipment here I'm sitting at my desk and and I'm able to utilize that. And that in and of itself is, is motivating. It's putting me in a, in an environment that, that says like, Hey, we're getting stuff done. When you're sitting down here, this is time to work and it's time to, time to dig in. And I've got a lot of, a lot of work to do in this room, but, um, I'm excited about that. You know, it, it motivates me and I want to get some posters on the wall and I want to get some, you know, different motivational things for myself, um, and whatever that looks like as well. And so if you've got, you know, if you've got those things, one, tell us about it. So when I post the, you know, the pictures on Instagram or Facebook, let us know what motivates you. Tell us. I would love, love, love to hear from you. One of my goals for Crazy Face Uno and one of the things that I really want to see is engagement from people that are listening or people that are um, following and, and, you know, maybe they resonate with something from a podcast. I, I want to hear about that stuff. Um, one that's motivating for me and you never know who else that might help out in the world of the things. And maybe that's what will encourage somebody to listen, which doesn't only benefit crazy face Uno and myself, but it also benefits other people. Uh, if they're inspired by, you know, a, a conversation with Kevin or a conversation with Thomas Moore or uh, a conversation with Tyler Dunning and they pick up his book and they read it and it inspires them or whatever it is, whatever that is out there, just engage with us. Let us know what, what you're thinking. If you don't like it, that's cool too. Write about it. Tell us about it. We'll listen. I'll listen. Um, and, and we can 
we can have a discussion and open up that dialogue. I think that that's so huge. It's something that I push and, and talk about. Kevin, you mentioned when you were talking just a few minutes ago about, um, you know, what we hear. And, and we talked about this when we were talking the other day about fear, um, the media and the news and, and everything we see around us, I feel like is all fear based. It's all this negativity and this fear, um, which is part of my motivation with, with Crazy Face, you know, as well, of uh, just being this positive uh, space that you can hear positive things and um, whatnot. But I, has that affected you as well? I, I know it kind of has, right? Yeah, um, but th- so this is what I uh, do with my kids. I say, uh, th- I tell them fear is A, and then they finish it and they say liar. Ah, so, I like that. So anytime they're scared to do something um, or uh, nervous, or, and I'll just say fear is that, and they might be, my, one of my kids might be crying, but they say liar. And, and I'm trying to teach them fear is a liar. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, it, you know, uh, fear, man, fear of the unknown. Yeah, it's scary. Fear from the TV. Yeah, you should trust the TV, the news outlets, right? But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, fear is only is self-imposed. It's, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Sure. Um, yeah, I like that. Fear is a liar. I'm actually going to write that down, and I think that's going to be uh, one of the pieces that I put on my wall at some point in time is fear is a liar. Thank you for that. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it it is. It's, it's, uh, it's like, did you, you know, you had fear when you started crazy face, Uno, right? A little bit of fear. Mm -hmm. And, and you realize that what what was the fear about? Like, just do it. Just, yeah, just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin. So you've got this business, uh, the financial, you and your wife are a part of, um, you're currently the focus is to you know teach people uh, in the prison system uh, financial literacy essentially. Um, what are your ambitions and what are your goals with that? So, I want to uh, I want to help as many people as I can. Uh, number one, and uh, ideally uh, to continue to work in the federal prison system and, and move to other prisons and scale that business that, you know, help a lot more people, uh, maybe move into the military capacity, the, the realm of the military, since I was in the military and I know how it works. And I know that, uh, like I used to do, used to blow a lot of money, um, yeah. and, uh, to help military people and just kind of see where it takes us. So, um, I know that, uh, I, I know that if something comes up, I can always adapt Right. So I may want to focus in prisons now, but next year I might be in the military and that's my focus. Um, I feel like uh, God opens up doors. And if you follow if you follow him and follow the opportunities, uh, you'll you'll never go wrong. Right. Right. So I I, I, I used to try to plan my life uh, and uh, it never worked. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, so. I kind of just, I don't, I don't want to say I go with the flow, but, um, I go in a direction until I'm taken in a new direction. So, um, you know, if, if I was approached today and said, Hey, I'll give you $10,000 for your business. I'd probably say, okay. You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'll be, um, next year. Um, yeah, I, I expect to grow and scale the business. Uh, however, uh, 
you're yeah, present nothing, in the moment right now and, and focused on on that and i respect yeah. that a lot i mean i think that's important one of the reasons i asked is have you heard of you know there's different online courses that you can buy I, i've actually bought a couple um just trying to learn a little bit about sponsorships actually um but with udemy u-d-e-m-y i believe is how it's spelled um but you can create your own courses and sell them on Udemy as well. And I, I could see, you know, that being something that maybe could be beneficial to you. And I know I've talked to you about it. Like I, I would like to learn more about financial literacy and um, maybe take your course or, you know, have you kind of run me through something as well. I think that would be amazing. Or my wife and I are, you know, and I'm not saying that's for free. I, I think that it's got a value obviously. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, that, popped in my mind as we were talking actually so <laughs> you know it's funny because i my wife and i've talked about that uh down the road um creating a course and uh, instead of us going into the prison the prisoners watch our tapes and our series sure. uh, kind of thing if that's what you mean and then a course uh, yeah developing courses and stuff uh, yeah we, um we've, we've absolutely thought about it yeah um, yeah it's definitely a, a possibility of scale for sure, but yeah, I just I was curious. So, well, Kevin, I don't know if you have anything else you want to say, but I think we'll uh, you know start to wrap things up. Do you have any anything you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, uh, I guess I'll leave your listeners with um, just become the best person you can be, and the more that you give, the more you receive. Yeah, uh, the more more you help people, the more you'll be helped. Yeah, uh, and and it's been true in my life. My I've been blessed beyond measure, uh, and the more that I've focused on helping others, the more I've been helped and, and been blessed in life. So, cool. just go help somebody. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing your story. Hopefully, we can uh, have you on again sometime, and maybe you can tell some some old stories from <laughs> the high school days or uh, you know the military days or whatnot. But yeah, thank you so much. I think that what you, your story and, and what you've even shared of that grind and, and our conversation, I think is, is really cool. I, I, I really like, and I, I'm inspired and uh, by your life and by the things that you're doing and just to be in it with someone um, that's also got ambi- ambition and, and wants to, you know, change the way, um, not only for their family, change the way their family, you know, sees the world, but also the way they interact with the world themselves and doing good and making a difference. I think that's awesome. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that part of your life with us. Yeah. Th- thanks for having me and uh, continue to change the world one podcast at a time. Thanks dude. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll be in touch. We'll, we'll keep in touch for sure. And, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed uh, the podcast today. I love you all out there. Again, engage with us. Let us know if you like the podcast. Let us know what you're, what stuck out to you in, in the podcast today. Um, and if you've got anything that you want to hear about, if you've got a topic, you've got someone you want to hear from, uh, write that in the comments as well. Let us know. We want to hear about it. We want to hear from you. Thank you all again. We love you. And much, much appreciation for you listening all the way to the end, just like you have. Thank you. And we love you. Peace.